Welcome to Bloody Mary's, our queer horror movie podcast. This episode, we're looking at The Babadook. I'm the regrettable return train ticket you bought to Busan, Sean. <laughs> um, and I'm the forbidden rule, <gasps> Alex. <laughs> we are two queer horror nerds coming in your ears from our home Ooh. in Hackney, and our pronouns are they, them. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Bloody Mary's Podcast. Mary's with a Z, of course. of course. And thanks to The Pink Pound for our new theme tune. And you can follow them at on Instagram at The Pink Pound Sound. Uh, content notes for this one um, is, I guess, grief and mental illness. Um, a dog dies. <laughs> 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 I think Just general discretion is advised. Yes, and obviously it's spoilers. Yes. Okay. Bye. So before we get into all the uh, trivia um, regarding the film and the backstory, just wanted to give a little uh, warning at the beginning of this that me and Sean both don't like this film. <laughs> <laughs> we um we, we it has been mentioned in previous episodes how much I disliked it, but we've just rewatched it and it turns out that so does I. <laughs> um, I know that it scores very highly on most uh, review sites, and it's a big favorite of a lot of people. So I just wanted to, if you really wanted to, just be like, I can't wait for two two people just like seeing the praises of my favorite <laughs> film. Then this definitely isn't going to be the one for you. <laughs> well, this is going to be the first film that we. <laughs> unanimously both dislike yeah so that'll be fun that'll be fun um so now with that warning out the way uh, <laughs> brace yourself <laughs> no. um so yeah a bit of backstory about it uh, the babadook is a 2014 australian film written and directed by jennifer kent in her directorial debut, <laughs> um, produced by Christina Satan, Satan, I can't be right. That so, sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Christian Moulier. Um, it was shot on a, a two million budget, which is quite impressive, actually. Um, and the film grossed more than 10.3 million. I'm surprised there's not more now. Um, but it gained an even wider audience via streaming. Um, on its original release, it actually did really badly in Australia, despite being shot there um, and being a film about from there, um, grossing only um, 258000 in the theatres. Um, in an interview with The Cut, Kant said that Australians have built... With the what? The Cut. Oh. Did you see that I said the cunt? <laughs> I didn't. Um, Australians have a built-in aversion to seeing Australian films. They hardly ever, ever get excited about their own stuff. Um, we only tend to love things once and else confirmed they're good. Australian creators have always had to go overseas to get recognition. Um, the film was critically well received worldwide, including high praise from uh, William Friedkin, director of The Exorcist, who said, I've never seen a more terrifying film than The Babadook. Oh, <laughs> Already. Um, so in a nutshell, the film is about a widow dealing uh, with grief, uh, the, the grief of losing her husband and her struggles as a single mother um, with a son who is quite awful. Um, 
Uh, son uh, finds a spooky book on a bookshop called Mr. Babadook um, and they both start seeing him um, and it's unclear whether they're either or both going mad um, or whether it's real or it's hard to say really. Um, Kent claims that she actually got the idea from a friend of hers who was dealing with her son's fear of a boogeyman by a pretend a boogeyman? Boogeyman. <laughs> a dancing boogeyman. <laughs> Disco stew. Oh, is it Boogaloo stew? I can't. Anyway, um, by pretending to talk to it. Anyway, um, that's how she dealt with it. Um, a major criticism of the film um, is, <laughs> um, is I think probably what we're going to be talking about a lot is um, whether the Babadook was uh, sort of clumsily inserted into a film about depression, um, possibly to make it more marketable or whether it's actually a useful, integral, symbolic device for the film. Um, so, um, yeah, no wise men, the little boy. You know, you know what? It has just occurred to me. What Have you seen A Monster Calls? I think maybe we watched it together. Possibly. It's a book about a boy whose mum's got cancer, and oh, there's yeah. a big like monster that's like, made of like, branches and stuff. Like, yeah, in there. the woods. Yeah, except that is very good. That is good. Um, anyway, um, so Noah Wiseman, the little boy, uh, who was only six actually when they filmed it. They were planning against someone who was like eight or nine, but apparently he was just exceptional. Um, was only told a child-friendly version of the story. Um, and some of the more intense scenes were filmed with stand-ins, um, so as not to scare him. Um, in order to get the reaction shots... I feel like that has become very commonplace. Yeah. Especially since The Shining. Because apparently Danny Torrance didn't know he was in a horror film. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Um, okay. Well. Like he, but I think that was like the first where it was like a real effort was made to distance the child from the subject matter. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I don't know why they were not allowed to. If you're not old enough to see the film, yeah, probably shouldn't <laughs> see all the inner workings of it. Yeah. Um, apparently, in order to get the reaction shots from him looking terrified, um, Essie Davis, who plays the mum would threaten to take to take away your leggers and throw them in the river. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, Kent, who owns the rights to the Babadook, has said that despite the film's uh, popularity, she's not going to make any sequels. Thank um, <laughs> <laughs> you can't be doing that all the way through. <laughs> um, the reason for that is that I'll never. It's a shit. Uh, sh- <laughs> No. Uh, the reason, well, <laughs> the reason is, is that um, it's not that kind of film. Um, I don't care about how much I'm offered. It's just not going to happen. Um, Has she made anything since? Uh, yeah, she, well, it was like a platform for her, like as a director. And she went on to do other things. Like there was a Wonder Woman thing that she worked on. Um, anyway, uh so, um, a lot of you, being queers probably, um, will be familiar with the Babadook becoming a gay icon. Um, I always thought it was because there was the Netflix accidentally classifying the film in the LGBT section. Um, but apparently it predates that and there was a Tumblr post uh, that went viral months before that. Um, and so there was someone saying, when someone says the Babadook isn't openly gay, it's like, question mark, question mark, did you even watch the movie? It's obviously a movie about a gay man who wants to live <laughs> wants to live his life in a small Australian suburb. It may just be a movie to you, but to the LGBT community, the Babadook is a symbol of our journey. Um, another person tweeted, um, 
openly gay and with affinity for hats and drama. <laughs> the Babadook was the first time I saw myself represented in a film. Um, <laughs> apparently, the internet also gave him the boy, uh, boyfriend who was Pennywise. I haven't heard of that yes. before. And then, that was when, when, uh, when It Part 2 came out. Or was it Part 1? Anyway, whichever one that starts with the homophobic hate crime. Oh. Um, and then everyone was just like, I can't believe this. <laughs> Pennywise is homophobic. It's like, he's also murdered <laughs> several children. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I think they might have broken up after that, yeah, <laughs> after people maybe. actually realised who Pennywise was. <laughs> um, anyway, so it turns out that the screenshot from Netflix was most likely doctored um, as part of the memes gaining momentum. Um, but it was definitely sort of that screenshot was the thing that pushed it into like public, like public consciousness more broadly. Um, articles still refer to it as real and the reason why the, the reason for the gay Babadook. Um, I found an article where, um, uh, what was it? Karen Tongsin, an associate professor of gender studies and, um, English at the University of Southern California. Um, told, I know, it's really funny. <laughs> told the, to yeah, told the other times. Sometime, uh, someone was like, how could The Babadook become a gay film? And the answer was readily available. For many LGBT people, that's what it feels like to be in your own family sometimes. Doesn't, I don't, it doesn't. How, how what feels, how what feels like? To, I guess, to be locked in a basement and fed worms. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in June of the film when it was all kicking off, The Babadook See, obviously... See, this, this is the problem where, like, academia and like the news media haven't caught up with knowing how to deal with like kind of meme humor yeah um, and it's just like it's Hello. it's supposed to be kind of absurd it's supposed to not relate to anything that's what makes it funny yes exactly um, intellectualizing a meme is that it's silly yeah. like you, you can intellectualize the kind of the nature of memes and like the way that they grow in, in a sort of folklore way, but if to try and assign them too much meaning undermines the fact that memes are funny because they're nonsense. Exactly. Silliness, pure silliness. Yeah. I, I'm going to write a thesis about yeah. that today. I'm very angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in June of that year, when everything was kicking off, the Babadook became a symbol for Gay Pride Month. Um, images of the character appeared everywhere <laughs> that year's a Gay Pride Parade in Los Angeles. Um, my, my personal favourite is um, a picture of him photoshopped with a t-shirt that says, get ready to get Baba Shook. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if it's just because, uh, because I find this film so offensively bad, but I, I kind of, I, I'm uncomfortable. I know it's just a joke and it's all lol, lol, It's a meme. It's a meme, yeah. but... It's literally a symbol for depression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is probably a, a mascot of the LGBT community. <laughs> okay, I, I've convinced myself. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> um, so in uh, other random bits of trivia uh, about the film, um, in Hebrew, Bab- Babadook uh, means he's coming for sure. Um, all over my face. Uh, <laughs> No. He's, I think he's coming for sure. And I was like, that's very specific. He's Where coming is he? for sure. And he's heard you don't like the film. That's what the <laughs> translation is. Um, also, Babadook is an anagram for a bad book. Um, and, What's an anagram uh, for a bad film? Uh, <laughs> uh, Fabapoop. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, the name which Kent invented is actually a riff on Babaroga, the Serbian name for the boogeyman. Boogeyman, not boogeyman. Is it boogeyman? I'm confused. It's spelt boogie, but I think it's bogeys. I think it's the boogeyman. Yeah, boogeyman. Or maybe, well, it's, it's, maybe it's both. It's both. I think maybe boogeyman is more of an American thing and boogeyman uh, is a, like a UK thing. Yeah. The United Kingdom. <laughs> Um, some of the random bits uh, the birthday party scene it doesn't mean anything but the adults are all wearing sheds, shades of black and grey the boys are all wearing blue and the girls are all wearing pink the mother is however wearing a pink dress under a black coat um, I don't know what that means but it's remarked upon um, yeah, and it's surprising that the meaning of that isn't clear because the rest of the symbolism is so on the nose okay. it's just like yes okay we have a grey house because everyone's sad <laughs> Okay, thank you for this cartoon explanation of feelings. Um, the film is marked by the rare achievement of uh, not having, well, having everyone alive at the end of the film, um, who was at the uh, beginning. Excuse me. Um, except for the dog. Yes. Yes. Um, who isn't a person. Um, but it's a dog. Um, and the scream, which you actually recognise, and I wondered whether you heard, that you heard repeatedly towards the end, is that of Mataro. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a, he's a centaur, so it's like a horse, win, like yeah. a whinny. A whinny, yes. Um, uh, he's a character from Mortal Kombat 3, so yes. yes. Um, he's iconic. Yes. He's I think I guys. remember him. Yeah, he's like the big centaur. He's like a boss, isn't he? Yeah, um, and in Mortal Kombat 3, you couldn't play as him, but then you could in Mortal Kombat if you, Trilogy. Um, and he's got a big, like, metal silver tail and, like, kind of a metal thing over his face and red eyes. And he goes, Mew! <laughs> He goes, Mew. But then, in later 3D versions, they got rid of his two back legs because it was too hard to animate, so they turned him into, like, a fawn. Oh, really? <laughs> and they went back to it when they had the... T- yeah. But also, I, mean, I, I... I don't rate the 3D in Mortal Kombat, to be honest. But also, I mean, like, if he has, he has such a big body, though, like, there's so much to kick and hit, isn't there? Sort of, like, if you really call There is, but it was really difficult to beat him because, like, one kick from him, like, filled up oh. half your energy bar thing. Maybe we should do a Mortal Kombat episode once. <laughs> okay, maybe. Anyway, <laughs> so the film, our favourite film. Um, so, uh, the film... Oh, we do, we do a break here, don't we? Yes. Yes. Now, time to get Baba Shook with the film. <laughs> time to get the Bourbons out. Um, <laughs> thank you. Boredom Bourbons. <laughs> um, so the film starts with uh, a woman who turns out to be the mum of the film. What is her name? Um, mum. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Mum. Mrs. Mum. Um, what is her name? Maybe she's not named in it. Yeah, I mean, no one would say her name if I just screams mum and disappointment at her. Um, so yeah, so it starts with her um, in a sort of slow motion car crash. Um, and um, and yeah, like just like flying around with glass and lights and things. Um, and then she's woken up by a little boy who is her son, Samuel, saying, I had the dream again. Um, she gets up and reads uh, him Big Bad Wolf, um, and uh, she he's like, did he 
does, do they kill him? And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, I'll kill the monster when it comes. I'll smash its head in. Um, she's like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he ends up sleeping in the bed with her and weirdly tries to like spoon her. And she like pushes him away and like and sleeps like, in the very edge. Ugh, um, he wakes up super early and um, and she hears like some smashing downstairs and um, he's created some weird like backpack weapon that like catapults balls and balls. <laughs> um, he says it's for defeating monsters and uh, she's like, don't do it. And uh, he does it and he smashes the window. Um, she doesn't seem best pleased. But then it just jumps to another scene in a different time. It? Yeah. It's just like a little montage to show us that he's a dick mm. and that she's uh, at her wit's end. Yes. Um, so she's then at work at the nursing home that she works at. And the school calls her in um, and shows <laughs> uh, her a weapon that he's made, which looks like some kind of banister bow and arrow thing um, with a dart. And the woman's like, it could have taken an eye out. Um, and um, and apparently it's been a problem for a while, we gather. And he's been assigned a monitor. Um, and don't really know what that means. Well, it's sort of implied so it's, it's like an adult it's, who it's follows him around. It sounds like, well, no, because he's being excluded as well. So it's like internal exclusion. Yeah. So he's not going to be with the other kids. He's just going to be with a one-on-one teacher. Right. Um it's unclear at this point because she says, like, I find him another school um, and they leave. But um, it's unclear whether they actually leave, I get, or whether she leaves the school or not. Because, well, she does. Well, I mean, she basically leaves the school. But, no, um, she does. How well, she, well, well, she takes him out of school and then at the end she's got him a new school. But she calls in, well, anyway, I'll go on to the next bit, which is why I question this. Um, so, um, so, anyway, that same day. Um, they go home and uh, it's bedtime and uh, she's like, pick a book from the shelf. And uh, and she's like, oh, where have you got this book from? And it says, uh, Mr. Babashuk. No, it doesn't <laughs> say Mr. Babashuk. Um, and he just goes, on the shelf. Um, she starts reading through it and it's like really dark. I should, I should have actually got the transcript, but I mean, it's silly. But it's just like, just like he's going to come in and he's going to get you and he'll never leave and he's horrible and he'll kill everyone. Um, so you know what I think part of the problem with this film is? Oh, yeah. Is that, uh, that's how every sentence I say is going to start, is that um, the film, aesthetically and in terms of, like, scares, never lives up to how cool and beautiful the book looks. So it wouldn't. It was never going to be as scary as the book is, mm. or as, like, stylized. And obviously they tried to make it very stylized in terms of, like, the very muted colours, but it just... Yeah. Um, I don't know, maybe it should have just been a cartoon. Yeah. Um, apparently they actually did a crowd fundraiser to make the actual book and they're really rare now and you can like, buy them for like $500. Okay. Anyway, um, so you have to have two. Oh. <laughs> um, so anyway, so um, and then he's like screaming his head off um, because he's traumatised by the book and um, and like he ends up sleeping with her bed in her bed again and she's like trying to read like read a book to him while he's literally screaming. Um eventually he goes to sleep. And um she takes the book downstairs um and she rereads it and discovers that there's like empty pages at the back of the book. Um and she hides it in a cupboard and goes downstairs to watch TV with the dog. Um, this is when she watches she's flipping through channels. The TV stuff is quite annoying actually, it's all like weird old films and like um infomercials and stuff and um 
yeah, it's just kind of chaotic. But anyway, um, she goes into a channel and there's like two people kissing. Um, and then she's like, oh, and she like rushes upstairs and like pulls out this weird grey vibrator that looks kind of like an old TV remote um, and then uh, having a little wank with it. Um, meanwhile, uh, Samuel sees... Even her wank looks depressing. Yeah, I mean, everything looks depressing. Um, meanwhile, Samuel sees something in the cupboard. Um, as she's reaching what seems a, to be a climax... Seems a disappointing climax. Yeah. Um, he busts into the room and like jumps in the bed and says that the Babadook is in his room. She looks pretty fucked off at this mm. point. And uh, she's like, this can't keep happening! <laughs> Mummy needs a wank! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, this film is just one big, long, like, frustrated brilliant wank. Yeah, maybe it's just <laughs> no, That's the, the next day when it's all lovely. She's had a lovely wank. Uh, anyway. Um, and the house is magically pink or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in the morning, uh, she's overslept. And um, so she calls into the school to apologise that Samuel's not going to make it in, which is why I was confused about him being taken out of the school or not. Um, so she no. takes him to the aunt's house. No, she calls the aunt and says, uh, oh no, he's, his fever's fine now, he can come, he can come. So she's explaining why she was late to the aunt, by saying that um, he was ill, but now he's fine. Okay. I thought it was the school. Um, and, uh, she warns Samuel while she goes to the phone, when she goes, when he's dropped off, he's not allowed to say anything about monsters. No Babadook, no nothing. Um, and, um... So yeah, so then she's at work at the back of her lovely cheery old people's or, home. Or to tell her about what happened at school either. Oh, okay. she, she doesn't want her there. sister knowing about what happened at school. Ah. Um. So uh, yeah. Anyway, so she's at work and she's playing bingo uh, and she's having a lovely time. Um. She's not really. She's hating it. And um. And then she, under her breath, says. Another few days and someone could call out bingo. Um, <laughs> one more. <laughs> yeah. Then she pulls one out. She's like, 14 billion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she goes to a break room and there's this, like, um, weird nice man colleague. Um, who, nice man. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird <laughs> nice man. Um, and he's, like, being really sympathetic. Oh, babes, you should take the afternoon off. I'll cover for you. She's like, would you? Um, and weirdly what she does, rather than going home and having a nap, uh, she goes to the, the mall. And has a little sad ice cream on a bench by herself. Um, I guess it shows that she does actually just need some time on her own. Yeah. Um, um, reminds me a bit in the hours of where that woman, I think she's called Laura Brown or something, where she just goes, she just checks herself into a hotel so she can read a book and top herself. <laughs> <laughs> I should laugh about it, but she does, she's fine. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so um, she gets back into the car after her lovely ice cream. Um, and so sees another couple making out and is like staring at them and uh, doesn't have a wank this time but she does reach into her purse and finds um, <laughs> that she's got 10 missed calls on her phone uh, she uh, turns up at the aunt's house and he's out on the pavement Samuel's out on the pavement sort of like balled up and like crying and um, and she says that he's been scaring her little girl by talking to a babadook that's not there and like being terrifying generally um, so they're driving away and mum says, well, if the Babadook's real, why haven't I seen it? 
And uh, he's like, well, it wants to scare you first and then you'll see it. Um, so that evening they were in the sad kitchen eating sad soup. Um, and uh, ba- Baba soup. Baba soup. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she discovers some broken glass in it and snatches it away and like fishes through it and can't find any. And he's all like, the Babadook did it. Um, so then she's downstairs uh, and he's upstairs. Hello, wait. Oh yeah, upstairs she has a scream um, and runs up to find him under the bed terrified. Um, she scoops him up and puts him on the bed and he screams, don't let it in, don't let it in, don't let it in. Had the wardrobe toppled over or something? Yes, and so yeah, the the wardrobe's on the floor and the window's open, and it's like yeah, it's just general chaos. Um, so uh, just, it's just, to, just, it's just a little bit of a mess, to be honest. <laughs> um, so yeah, she she finds the book at this point and rips it up and burns it in the garden. So um, next day she's at um, Ruby's party, which is delightful. Um, the weather all wearing their grey and blue and pink. Um, and the mums are like really basic and just like talking about how like they have a really hard life because they can't get to the gym. Can't get to the gym. Um, and she's like, "Oh my god, it must be so hard, but yeah." Um, and, um, and then, uh, meanwhile, uh, Samuel's uh, hiding up in the um, in <laughs> the, the treehouse, and Ruby climbs up and like starts like having a go. And it's like, "You're not welcome here. Get out of my treehouse." Um, it's like you're not good enough to have a dad. Um, he died to get away from you, <laughs> which is mean, but makes me laugh. Um, and you keep laughing. I do. <laughs> they make me laugh. Um, anyway, um, so um, and it, they're sort of having a sort of tandem argument in terms of scenes with the mum and the sister. So the mum and the sister are outside. And um, and they're sort of bickering, and then the like the sister says, "I just can't stand being around your son." She's like, "I can't believe you said that." Um, and then um, cuts back to the treehouse, and uh, Ruby's said the final horrible thing of whatever it is, and uh, he pushes her out of the treehouse, <laughs> um, and um, and then the mum scoops her up, and it's like, "Just look after the children, leave me alone," or something. Anyway, so then it cuts to them driving home in the car, and um, he's like incessantly kicking the back of her seat, um, and just everything is like the music. I think it's like really chaotic music. It's just a really intense scene actually, where it just it feels like unbearable. Like he's just like. This is the bit that reminds me of uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Oh yeah, um, and she just like turns around and is like, "Why can't you be normal?" Um, and then he just starts having this weird like convulsion fit thing. And she takes him out, like, stops the car, takes him out onto the pavement, and just, yeah, he worms around on the floor for a while. Um, uh, and then, anyway, cuts to the doctors, um, and the doctor's like, oh, he's very committed to this monster theory, isn't he? And she's just like, yes, you don't understand, it's terrible. Um, and he's, like, looking at it, like, really, like, uh, calm down. Um, and she's, like, all, like, fraught. Um, and, um, and then she's like, can you get me something to get him to sleep? I haven't slept in weeks, and neither is Samuel. And when we get home this whole night, now we'll start again. I'm not coping. Um, and he's like, oh, most mothers don't want a sedative. I suppose if you want a sedative, you could have one. In the way that doctors always are in films. Um, and um, so, yeah. 
So they get home and um, <laughs> she gives them his drugs. Um, and then they have a lovely sleep until 11 a.m. And she's looking all like blissful and happy and like goes into his room and he's asleep. And it's just like, mm, 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 what a lovely life we have now. He's drugged. Um, <laughs> and so she goes back, she goes downstairs and there's a loud knocking at the door. Um, and first time she thinks there's nobody there and then she like looks again and uh, because there's another loud knock and uh, the book is back um, and it's on, on the on the on the pavement stoop. on the stoop um, and she picks it up and she finds the the ripped up pages are being put back together and it's weirdly not burnt um, and there are extra pages um, depicting her getting possessed basically and killing the dog and killing the son and then killing herself um, that's sort of cool that bit actually with the kind of like the that's, that's the blood cool. pop up coming yeah. out of her neck um, so this time she puts loads of petrol on it and burns it again um, and calls her sister um, saying that she has a stalker the sister's just I'm like being stalked by a book <laughs> and this is like well if you give a shit really then why are you just calling the police leave me alone by basically this is a bitch um, the phone rings again so there's literally only one likeable character in this film Maybe two. Okay. Who are they? <laughs> uh, the old lady. The old lady next door. And the bab. <laughs> um, uh, this friendly guy from work is Oh, nice. yeah, he's nice. He's um, nice. Also the dog. Yeah, dog's like... <laughs> um, so the phone rings again, and she answers thinking it's the sister, and it's actually a scary voice saying, Baba dog... Dog, dog, dog. And it's not scary at all. It's like yeah. kind of clammy. Yeah. Um, so also, I think this is my main problem with it. It does. A horror is, film the just, main, is this the main yeah, problem? I'm going to say, say that. <laughs> the, I, not every horror film has to be scary, but what <laughs> kind of do? But anyway. Not necessarily. Like there are loads unsettling. Of, yeah, you want it to be something. You want to feel mm. something apart from frustration and boredom. <laughs> 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 If, if it's not scary and it's got like especially if it's got like a campy looking monster in it then I want it to be camp and this isn't camp either no, it's too like kind of flat and earnest bleak, yeah um, yeah it, it's, not, it's not giving me anything it doesn't give me anything it's not very generous yeah um Anyway, so um, after her not scary phone call, um, she goes to the police and's like, "Oh my god, I'm being stalked. Um, there's a book and it's got me being killed in it and it's terrible." And um, and they're like, "Where's the book?" And uh, she's like, "I burnt it." And it's just like I hate these scenes like in films where the police are just like, "Oh, you burnt. Oh, nothing we can do. Oh, yeah, you're mad." Get out of our police station. Well, I think I mean, they they yeah. have to at least like file something. You can't. I don't think you would go in there and say I have a stalker and they just be like, oh well, bye then, silly I think, bitch. I think you have too much faith in the police. I don't have a lot, but I think that there is. I think there's a system in place that has some kind of filing around it and paperwork. <laughs> um, but there isn't in this case. They just sort of shoo her away and look at her like she's mad. Um, uh, so yes, um, also in the police station, she noticed the Babadook's jacket and gloves and hat are like hung up behind the police officer. Well, she notices glass, uh, glasses, jacket, hat, and gloves. That's what I just said. Like 
Oh, well, I mean, they've got, like, pointy fingers. Like, they're not normal gloves. Some people have pointy fingers. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, well, I don't have gloves, though. Anyway, what I... Mean, <laughs> <laughs> you could be the Babadook for example. I'm the Babadook. <laughs> LGBT pride sweetheart, Babadook. Um, so, um... So anyway, uh, she's uh, cuts to her being back at home in the kitchen is an absolute shit show. Um, there's all like dirty plates everywhere, and she's like sort of sadly sort of doing something at the sink, and she sort of goes flinches, and uh, looks like something's on her, and she like, looks down on the floor, and there's like all these like cockroaches. I think there's a mixture of bugs actually. Um, she then like pulls the fridge. Like away, which is sort of a weird specific thing to do. I don't know why. Um, and she finds like a hole in the wall and sort of peels it open, and then all these like bugs fly out. Um, and um, she's then mopping all the floor, but like it's still all a mess. Um, and uh, the doorbell rings, and it's a social services. Um, well, what I'm assuming is social services. I don't think they're actually interested in, like... Yeah, they do. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, they say, like, we're here because she hasn't been to school. I guess that would be social services. No, they services. do say that we're from social do, services. But do they say that, though, <laughs> They Sean? do say Are you that. 100% certain? I am. Uh, I <laughs> Okay, good. Well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Um, so, um... And um, so she's like, oh, I'm sorry, the house is a mess. And uh, the, <laughs> the woman uh, who is with the social services asks Samuel how he is. And he's like, I'm a bit tired from the drugs mum gave me. <laughs> 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 it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and she's like, well, they, they were prescribed. They're not just random drugs. <laughs> um, and then they look in the kitchen. It's all a bit messy. And then like, um, and he's, they're just, well, weirdly, they're just like, oh, okay, well, we've obviously come at a bad time. Bye. Which I'm sure they, that would be a sign that things weren't good. I don't know, like, yeah, it's strange anyway. Um, so they leave. Um, and um, while she's doing the de- dishes... Oh, she's doing the dishes. <laughs> she's doing the dishes. <laughs> um, she's, uh, it's like night time and she's like, sort of like gazing lovingly at the next door neighbour who's watching flickering TV in a darkened room. Um, and um, as she looks down and looks back up, that she sees the Babadook um, in the shadows behind the, the old lady. Um, so shall I, so shall, so shall. shall I say what my other main problem is? That it looks silly. It looks shit. Yeah, like, it I looks agree. so shit. Yeah. And it's because they've, they obviously came up with the concept art of the cartoon before they did, yeah. thinking about how to make it into a human. And it just, it just looks like someone doing shit fancy dresses, the Babadook. What was that that TV series of Noel Fielding? Oh yeah, um, Mighty Boosh. Oh yeah, it just looks like a Mighty Boosh character. Yeah, but not even as good. No, it's um, silly. And the thing is, you know what they could have done? They could have made him more like, can you remember that Smirnoff advert in the 90s? Oh yeah, yeah, um, the Spindleman or something. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's like looks at them. The moon lays heavy yeah, in the sky. Yeah. Like he could have been something like that kind of yeah, like yeah, um, yeah, yeah. more sort of like looking almost like he's made of roots or something. Like he could have been. He could have been a lot scarier, and like I think he just looks like a sort of dodgy guy going to a fancy dress party. Yeah, or something. I, I think like Uncle Fester or something. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I think you could. You should either make him look good or barely show him at all. You should look good or look bad. (laughs) (laughs) Those are options. (laughs) No, I know. It's kind of like, it's disappointing because that could have been like a real like fright, that scene, but it just was like, who's that loser? Um, 
Anyway, so she gets a fright um, and she breaks the plate and then like, when she looks back up, he's gone. Um, so that night she's uh, in bed and um, there's like a scraping at the door and uh, she's like, oh, what is that? And she gets up and the dog comes in. Um, so she then gets back into bed, but then the scraping comes again. It's a little louder. Um, and at this point, as uh, the the big, I think this is when you see the most of the Babadook. So, um, he comes in the room. She covers up her face under the duvet for a second. Um, and when she uncovers it, he's like climbing on the ceiling, and he looks kind of like a, an insect. The way he moves is kind of like a bug. Stupid. It just like a, yeah, sort of like a black smudge. Yeah, it's like, and it's like the effects aren't very good either. They're like quite. Like, but I guess the two million budget you probably couldn't really afford that much. But anyway, in which case, show less. Yeah, I agree. Um, and um, it's, it's like it's, it's as if the options are like, well, we can't really afford to do it well, so let's just do it on MS Paint, <laughs> like, or reconfigure the script so you just get little hints of it. Like, all you need to see is like a little bit of this finger. This finger's like pop, kind of coming around the corner. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Like the silhouette of a hat or something like. Um, oh, oh my god, a hat. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so then um, he's like clambering around, and then you see his face again. It's even more ridiculous this time. It's just, it really looks really face painty and silly. Um, and she's got like her mouth open in terror, and it looks like it's meant to be that he like drops from the ceiling into her mouth, like he's like possessing her, I think. Hot. Yeah, coming all in her mouth. <laughs> um, and um, so I'm guessing this is where it's meant to be that the, the, like she's overtaken by depression, if we're thinking about it in those terms. Um, uh, so... So shall I tell you what my main problem is about this? Another main problem. <laughs> is, um, I think the thing that this has in common with a very excellent horror film, which is The Shining... The Shining. Is, so you know uh, Stephen King's criticism of Kubrick's Shining was that Jack Nicholson played Jack Torrance as if he was mad from the beginning. So you didn't see this descent of someone gradually being broken down and going mad because he seemed pretty insane to start with. Right. In this film, I get the same thing. It's like she was never holding it together. There was never a shift of her turning into madness. She starts as a really, like... Fraught. Fraught, on-the-edge person, which makes sense if this film is just about a depressed woman. Yeah, yeah. But... In which case, the, the whole having a before and after of there being a moment where it takes over her, it's kind of null and void. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so then she moves her and Samuel downstairs to, like, escape or something, even though he's already gone inside of her, I guess. Um, and Samuel sleeps on the sofa and she's just watching TV, like, all night. Um, in the morning, she calls in sick to work and crawls into bed. Um, up back upstairs and um, Samuel comes and says he's taking his pills and that he's really hungry and he feels sick and he's begging for a while <laughs> and then she says if you're that hungry why don't you go and eat shit <laughs> it's just not funny it's terrible um, and so he leaves and then eventually she comes and apologises um, so she decides they need to get out of the house and that's what's causing the problems um, so they drive to some kind of restaurant for a second and it was really noisy and she looks like she's having a horrible time. Um, and then she, they're driving back from having a horrible time just driving around. And he's like, where are we going? She's like, I just need to drive for a bit. Um, um, while she's driving, she notices that she's covered in bugs and the Babadook kind of swoops over the car. Um, and she swerves around and then crashes into another car. 
the guy gets out and's like, well, this is my new car, blah, 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 blah. Um, and she just drives it off and he's like, hey, hey. Um, when she gets home, she has a lovely bath with all her clothes on. Oh, yeah. Um, and gets, uh, Samuel's getting with her. And it's like, isn't it nice and warm and safe? <laughs> um, and then uh, after the bath, she then goes down to the, the basement and gets a violin, which she then spoons to sleep. Um, so... <laughs> I mean, the imagery is just so fucking tiresome. <laughs> um, so Sam, Samuel's like freaking out the whole time. He's like offering to call people and she just says she wants to sleep. Um, but in the middle of the night, she wakes up and she hears whispers and like a weird scream saying, there's someone in the house or something like that. Um, and she sort of creeps down the stairs into the dark and she finds Samuel on the phone call, calling the old next door neighbour. Um, she takes the phone and is like, sorry, he's just being naughty. Uh, it's all fine. Goodbye. Um, she grabs a knife out of the cupboard. You're not really sure why at that point. And she's like, you can't call people. I told you not to call people. Uh, so she wheels it around for a bit and then she like cuts the phone cable. Um, and then just does a random scream at him. Um, uh, next thing you cut to, she's in what seems like a dream. And, um, Samuel goes down to the basement and she said, like, don't go down there, it's not safe. Um, she goes down, the Samuel's disappeared and the dad's there, um, all glowy and ethereal in the shadows. And it's like, I thought you were dead. And she hugs him and then they do a smooch and then they do another hug. And he says, we can be together. You just need to bring me the boy. And then he goes all dark and distorted. Yeah, he goes all dark and distorted. And he's like, you can bring me the boy. I think it's going to rain. Um, and uh, she runs upstairs and the Babadook glides into the kitchen. Um, she then runs upstairs again into the, the, the bedroom and uh, puts a, like a chair in front of the door to block it and then like it claws out the, um, the fireplace. Um, I think the hat appears first, yeah. so yeah. Um, and then um, she's crawling for no apparent reasons, just screaming on the floor. Well, saying, yeah, saying, it isn't real, it isn't real. Um, at this point, it like does a weird like swooping flying thing, and it appears to sort of go inside of her back or something. I, like I don't know why, maybe more depression. Um, <laughs> uh, but she does seem more mental at this point. Um, yeah, so she's then um, mental. Sorry, uh, she's walking. Uh, sorry, she's wa- watching TV downstairs. And um, and then she's just watching TV. She is. Uh, <laughs> that's what happens. There's a cut to her watching TV downstairs. Um, and she's looking all weird. And the TV program she's watching looks weird. And um, the dog is barking at her. So she like chases it into the kitchen. It runs away. And uh, she just picks it up and snaps its neck. Um, it's pretty sad. Um, and uh, then moaning, she like reaches into her like mouth. She's been like touching her jaw the whole time, which is not really referred to and then you saw why is it? um and um and so she's moaning and she just like reaches into her like mouth and like just pulls out one of her like big teeth and um and just chucks it on the floor like it's rubbish <laughs> it's all bloody um at this point she sees samuel um on the stairs and chases him up there um, he locks himself in his room and uh, she at this point is all like weird. She's become all like feral and supernatural and like possessed and strange. Um, and um, she starts sort of bashing the door and like does some sort of sort of flying ninja kick um, and base busts open the door. 
Um, and Samuel wets himself. He's like, you little pig, six years old and still wetting yourself. Um, it's like, I want to smash your brains in. She says all this horrible stuff about him and how he's awful, um, which he is. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then he goes, you aren't my mother. No, he doesn't say that. <laughs> um, he says, you aren't my mother. Um, yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, she just say I am, yeah. Um, and... Um, so then there's... Which also happens in... Oh, no, it happens the other way around to me often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not your fucking mother. Yeah. She's <laughs> <laughs> not Irish. Wait, I'm not your fucking mother. <laughs> Potable. <laughs> um, so uh, luckily there's a knock at the door. And the, well, actually, sorry, before that, but like the mum's like weirdly like floating around the room at this point, like like kind of all like s- scary and weird, like yeah. it's sort of I don't I don't know what you're meant to think is happening, but anyway, um, so so yeah, so then she gets interrupted and she goes down to the door and the floating gets interrupted, spooky floating. Oh, I must stop that for the neighbours. Um, so she goes downstairs and it is the neighbour. And um, and the old woman's like, she's like in the shadows, the little eyes peeping out. Oh, and then she's like, the, the, the old woman's like, I know this time of year is hard for you and you don't like me talking about it. I just want you to know I love you and I'll do anything for you and Samuel. Um, cut to Samuel coming down the stairs into the kitchen, I guess, while they're talking. And um, he sees the dog's dead. Um, and at this point, mum leaves the front door and looks all kind of calm and like more like herself. And she's like, and apologetically, she's like, I haven't been good since your dad died. I'm sick. I'm so sorry. Which is his whole life. Yeah. Um, so there's no point her saying that. She might as well be like, I've never been good in your lifetime. <laughs> I've always been a horrible mum. But th- thank you. Uh, as you will know from your You're experience welcome. as my child, I've always been an abusive mother. But she won't know any different. Um, so, um, so she was saying, I just spoke to the neighbour and how they're going to go and stay there. But in, also, while she's doing that, she's like, well, she's just like reaching up like she's going to strangle him or something. I didn't, I'd miss this bit. Yeah, she's going for his neck. She's either got a knife or she's holding his throat. And um, so he obviously knows what's going down and has a knife already and uh, stabs her in the leg. Um, and um, as she, oh yeah, as she's saying, we're going to be with your dad. Um, yeah, so um, stabs in the leg. Uh, he does a little pulley trap of the, on the stairs to make the rope tight and it trips her up and she falls down and then he knocks her out with a plank. <laughs> um, she wakes up and she's tied up in a really like elaborate way that's quite, I'm not sure a child could do, but anyway. Um, and she's like doing all this weird demonic screaming and laughing and just all general possessed behavior. Um, and the little boy's like, this is quite cute, I think this bit's like, I know you don't lo- love me, the Babadook won't let you, but I love you and I always will. Um, and she starts like shaking or like weird, like fast and stuff. There, there is this, there's quite a cute bit, which I think is really well acted by him. Here's me giving a nice thing. Oh, nice. Um, where she like kind of roars in quite a sort of guttural way and he like kind of scurries back and like Aww. kind of crouches like he's really scared and I think he plays that very beautifully. He'd obviously just been told that his Legos were going to get thrown in the in the pond. I just, I just, yeah, like how would you tell, like, yeah, it seems funny that that was all he did, like, 
you're like, I imagine it would have been other things. Yeah. It's like, oh, imagine you're hiding from a big imagine angry goat. Imagine your mum's getting killed. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> yes, the, 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 the two binaries of shock. <laughs> the scary goats. <laughs> 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 they just actually tell them the plot, but just don't let them see it. Um, so, um, so, yeah, she's all shaking and, like, being all crazy. And then she, like, breaks the ropes. And, uh, and like, uh, there's all this, she pukes up a load of black goop. Um and Babagook. Babagook. Babapuke. Um and um and Sam's like, Mommy, mommy, mommy and uh she wakes up and coughs and and then hugs him. Um <laughs> oh, the old coffin hug. <laughs> hug. Um <laughs> so they go upstairs not and COVID uh, safe. No, not right. on the stone. Shouldn't happen now, would it? Um, so they go upstairs and they're all covered in like muck and black puke. And um, he's like, You can't get rid of the Babadook. And oh no, they're not upstairs. He's just sat on the bottom of the stairs. And then he like flies up the stairs backwards <sighs> and then gets thrown around on the walls. Um, and you know uh, what? This, yeah. people getting dragged by unseen spirits. Dragged. Normally dragged to film. Um, Your hair is terrible. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> it's so overdone, which is fine because horror, there are always tropes that are repeated, but mm-hmm. it's never good. Like, it's so infrequently good. Like, it, it was good in Paranormal Activity, the first one, maybe, because mm. it came out of nowhere. You know, that there are moments where it's good, but it's it's never that scary. My favourite, actually, of this example is one that's done really slowly um, in uh, the original version of the it film where like one of the boys like is like pulled like sort of folded in half and pulled inside of in a tube no no in like a, one of the, in the kind of like sewage like oh, basement yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah he's like folded in half and pulled really slowly into the tube it's like really freaky um anyway that's a good example of dragging to yeah. filth um so um, well, <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah she's like he's like throwing around and then she like grabs him and goes in the bed and the bed's like like rocking around and um round the, the bed. <laughs> um and she screams what do you want um the dad appears again from the shadows and it's like keep breathing put your seat back sweetheart it's gonna rain and then suddenly like his head's like sliced off um and like she's like screaming her head off um and um at this point she's obviously just had enough um and she's screaming into the void, um, which is the end of the bedroom, just becomes black. Um, you are nothing! Um, and the room starts shaking and like the walls are like, like breaking. And she's like, you're trespassing in my house. If you touch my son again, I'll fucking kill you. And Sam sort of flies off into the air again. And she grabs him. Um, and um, it sort of comes out of the shadows, but it's like a silhouette of it, like with its arms up or something. So it looks like a bird or something. Yeah. Um, and um, and yeah, she's like screaming at it, and and then it just like stops, um, and it like flops to the floor, and it's just like just the suit and the hat and the gloves essentially, and uh, it sounds like it's like dying. It's like. And then she goes to, like, touch it, weirdly. And the boy's like, no, don't, mummy. Um, and at this point, there's a weird bright light, and it sort of, like, flashes in her face. And then, like, the the suit flies down the stairs <laughs> and into the basement and locks the door. Um, 
So, they, yeah, they follow it downstairs and then they, like, hug at the bottom of the stairs. Um, just being like, oh, well, I guess that's done. I guess that's now just tiny in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it cuts to, like, sunshine and colours. Um, and um, you can... Uh, you know, uh, just speaking through the plot. <laughs> even more. How fucking stupid this one is. I'm quite <laughs> I find it, like... A, a, Egregiously, egregious, egregiously bad. Egregious. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway, so a few weeks pass and everything seems to be fine. And it's all sunny, and uh, she's got her hair sorted and looks all nice. <laughs> and um, and uh, she picks up Samuel from the old woman's house, and they go back to the garden. They're having little um, sandwiches, really nice. Um, and um, and they're, they're in the garden and they're just like they've got a bowl and they're like picking up worms and mud and putting it into the thing um, and um, so but also doesn't this, don't the social service people come to visit before this uh, yeah they do that I don't know is it before they get I think it's because it ends with them taking the worms to the things no um, so um, so yeah well I think, well, let me just see, wait. Yeah, I don't have it written down. So, the, yeah, the social services do come back, and um, no, they, no, he's, Sam says some weird things about his dad being dead, but otherwise seems fine. And they're, like, bemused. Um, and she says that she's found another school for him. Yeah, and the, it's his first birthday celebrating, because it was, yeah, that was why, because it's his day that his dad died. Um, Although it's not strictly true, because he does normally celebrate his birthday, but with Ruby. But, but not on the day of his birthday. Yes. Um, anyway, so, um, so yeah, they've got the bowl of worms, um, and, uh, she's like, you go outside and, uh, stay there and she'll, like, come and get you. And she goes down to the basement with the bowl of worms, puts it on the floor, um, maybe, like, hangs around just to see, like, what's, what's going on. Um, and, um, and then, like, um, she, like, uh, like, he, like, comes at her, you don't see him, and, like, is roaring, and she does this weird, like, backflip thing like in Back the matrix yeah like like in the matrix you know that weird thing with the, like avoid the boys mm. and they do that weird like whoa and it's I just like yeah. <laughs> um and uh she sort of tells it off or something um and uh oh no she says she's like comforts it and it's like it's it's okay it's okay um, and then the bowl of worms just like disappears into the shadows. Um, she goes back upstairs and Sam asks how it was and she said it was fairly quiet today. Um, and he does a weird magic trick where he conjures a pigeon, uh, which she doesn't ask anything about. Is there a dove? Well, is it a white pigeon? No. Looks to you like... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, maybe it's a dove. It's a, either a white pigeon or a dove. Either way, where'd you get the fucking yeah. dove from? Um, and then, um, and then they hug and it's all gleeful and he says, she says, happy birthday, sweetheart. And then that's the end of the film. <sighs> Representation. So. so. <laughs> uh, I guess the main one is about the representation of women. Yes. Shall I tell you my initial beef with this film? I love beef. That developed into well-done beef. Oh, no, crispy beef. <laughs> crispy beef. I remember when I first saw this, and I didn't see it in the cinema, but I think we watched it together for the first time. Yeah, but, maybe. Um, it's very shortly after it came out anyway, but um, I was wondering why I wasn't rooting for her as a character at mm. any point. And I think it's because I unfavorably compare it to loads of films that I love, and... 
for me, the problem here is that it doesn't seem to me like this character of the Babadook is a manifestation of her grief or her depression, but rather that she's manifested it because she is already so far gone. Yeah. And I don't see anything really redeeming. I mean, obviously she's very damaged and she has been through a lot of trauma, but she, it seems like she's never tried to address it in any way. Yeah, it's sort of weird that um, it sort of is seven years later that she's still dealing with this kind of intense level of grief. And I guess if it had been that the accident had just happened, then he wouldn't be curled up and uh, that she might be get more sympathy. I guess at this point everyone's so sick of her shit, essentially. Or even if the boy was a bit older and really starting to resemble and remind her of well, her be better. husband or yeah. partner, then you could see where this was coming from. And obviously people grieve for different lengths of time and in yeah, different yeah. ways and all that sort of thing. And I think there's a little thing which I only really spotted when you were recapping it there, where the uh, where a lovely grandma from next door mm. says, um, I know that you, you, it, this time of year is always hard for you. And I wonder if this is like as part of a cycle. And actually, there's a bit of this kind of trauma that happens every year. Yeah. And this is kind of part of her routine. Her uh, like calendar. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... In, in which sense, then no wonder Samuel is a messed up kid because his he's modelling his erratic behaviour after his mother's. Yeah. But I think, so I, was it in The Orphan when I went on my little monologue about motherhood in... Yes. In Horrible? Yes. So I think the um, one of the things that I said in, in that episode was about how the, the fear of not being a good mother or not connecting with your son. Yeah. And I think there was... I, I saw... This second time round watching it, I saw a lot of parallels with We Need to Talk About Kevin. Mm. Um, but I love We Need to Talk About Kevin. I think yeah. it's brilliant. Um, it's horrible, but brilliant. It's, horrible. it's really, really <laughs> difficult to watch. And it's got... And there are elements of that, like the bit where you said in the car where, like, uh, where he's kind of, like, kicking the back of his seat. Because a, a lot of we need to talk about Kevin is like flashing sirens and hammering outside and like just really intense like kind yeah, of stimulus. Over, yeah, yeah. Um, and the yeah I, I, I even though in that film uh, Tilda Swinton's character is a bad mother to that boy like she is she, yeah, she, yeah. she never bonded with him she doesn't she doesn't feel the same for him as she does for a daughter she's not she shouldn't be as likable as this character, but for some reason you really, really... And it might be in the performance, yeah. but you really, really empathise with Tilda char- Tilda's character. I, and at no point was I rooting for this woman. Um, I also didn't like her child. And so <laughs> I was honestly thinking, like, who who am I supposed to be invested in, in this? Yeah. I like Grandma next door. I hope she's fine. <laughs> but otherwise, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just not really bothered. And then there's this weird, like, kind of manipulative thing about her that she's got with her son... Which is like, um, and obviously this is not just about representation of women. I'm kind of going off on one really because I'm not saying that motherhood is like the be all and end all of womanhood. Of womanhood, but um, the way that she makes him keep secrets, I find really uncomfortable. Like, um, yeah, uh, like having him play along that he was sick, um, and uh, don't tell your auntie about this. Yeah, this sort of stuff. It's interesting, actually, because um, something I didn't include in the back story, but I read about was that um, the director was really worried that everyone was going to hate the mum, but she found that the opposite was true for most people, um, that a lot of people thought it was quite a sort of sympathetic and kind of um, portrayal of, like, 
someone had like a mother struggling essentially um but yeah I, I didn't feel that way about it like it, she just seems kind of like she's not trying to help herself even that much she's just like shutting down and she, she doesn't of, fight it much does she no um and the i think that the, this is this is the main thing yeah the, <laughs> the reason i love horror is because women always come out on top and maybe that is is a lazy reason to love them and a short-sighted reason to love them but like she doesn't not only does she not really overcome it she doesn't try like there's you don't see any kind of like grit or like um, yeah and, and maybe that's what makes it a realistic portrayal of depression but I, I yeah. wanted to see some like some and, willingness because I never even get the impression she even likes a kid that much. No, and also you know if you think about it, she's still sort of pandering to the Babadook slash what you know the, the depression by feeding it and like visiting it constantly. Yeah, which um, I, and I think there's maybe two ways of reading that, which is that like one is a bad way, which is like. Uh, oh, just shut away your problems, it'll be fine. But ultimately, it's always going to be there. And then yeah, the other way, yeah. it's like, well, actually, that is what living with uh, depression can be like. Yeah. Where it's always going to be present, but it is still going to be part of your life. But yeah, I just I don't really know how to take anything like good away from it. No, I think yeah, because also the sister is unbearable and like really unsympathetic. And all of the, the mothers no are awful. Um, the only nice woman is the old lady, really. And she rejects, she, like, quite often tries to shut yeah, her around. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, it, it's not... I mean, it passes the Bechdel test, but does it's, like, doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> so, it, 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 do, it does, but then in, in the other side, all of this is happening because of her despair of the loss of a man. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Um, the... I think there's one bit where the one bit where I kind of had a glimmer of sympathy for her was where she wasn't allowed to finish her wank. <laughs> like, um, actually, funny enough, I need a sneeze, and I'm just thinking of how frustrating it is when you don't get to, to see your sneeze Climax. to completion. Um, I don't think it's going to arrive. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like she's not a, she's not allowed any pleasure, yeah, or any moment, which is why. It seems odd that she chooses to go for an ice cream when she's got some time off, but actually that's like a moment where that's yeah. like that's like a wank for the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> a wank for the taste buds. A wank for the sad mouth. <laughs> um but yeah, but it's it's interesting because like maybe, you know, we're not cis women, we uh who or, or trans women for that matter, who have maybe we're not the right people to be able to say if it's a good portrayal of Yeah, that's true. That. Maybe it does mean something more to someone who is actually a mother or like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's what we're missing. Yeah. But no, a lot of gay men love it. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's the whole, I don't think that's the main demographic of the film is mothers. But maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, yeah. So, is that everything about women? I, I mean, there's so. more to say about women, but <laughs> sure there um, there's no people of colour in the film. No. Um, uh, uh, there's no obvious queer representation, apart from apparently the Babadook. But apparently. I, I would like to put it on the record that I actively reject the Babadook as a queer icon. <laughs> Um, the straights can have him, um, and a push gay men can have him, but I don't want him. Uh, uh, is your new boyfriend? Sorry to say. <laughs> um, well, disability, I guess. Um, 
Well, obviously, there were under some debate about whether mental health falls under disability, but um, so I, I actually look at this up because I was wondering as well about dementia because there's uh, oh yeah, she has Parkinson's. She works with uh, well, so she's got Parkinson's, but then uh, so the neighbour has, but mm. then the the people that she, the mother works with mm. have dementia. Um, and I looked up to see if that was a disability or not, and it, it said that it is classed as a disability because disability is anything that like has an impact on your day to day life or something. I think I can't remember what the exact definition was, which in which means that some depression I guess yeah, yeah, qualifies as, yeah. um, as disability. I d- I don't know. I felt like it was. I I mean. We both <laughs> suffer from depression. How dare you tell her? <laughs> um, and I think it feels a bit too on the nose for my taste. Maybe it's not meant for people who have experienced depression. Yeah, I mean, it is like they're kind of like wanting to sleep all the time and just like not being bothered to do the, like dishes and like do anything normal and just kind of like, yeah, everything she goes through is kind of very like one-on-one depression essentially. Mm. Um, and yeah, like her shutting down and just being sort of like snappy and yeah, just taking like, out on the person closest yeah, to yeah, like, yeah, all that yeah. sort of thing. Um, so I guess it's sort of a, this sort of a realistic portrayal, um, except for the Babadook. But, um, <laughs> Do you not have a Babadook? Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> What's my Babadook? Um, yeah, so I mean, it's uh, it's probably not like a sensitive portrayal, though. We could probably say that. Um, yeah, like uh, it's also I don't think it's like an insightful portrayal. Yeah, also, yeah. like it's not it's not interesting. It's not like really subversive. It's essentially just a version of like the Black Dog, where it's just like yeah. there is a physical presence that you feel when you're depressed. It's like yes, very interesting, but what what next? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like for me, like. I really feel like the kind of like the like what I said about the criticism of like the other people had of it was just the the kind of Babadook and her depression. Like it's just like it's obviously meant to be entwined in some way, but to me they just don't feel connected in a way that it's meant to be like this beautiful, really incredible, clever person metaphor or device. But I just think that they just don't combine and like very well. Cause like what she's doing isn't really related to anything that has the Babadook in it. Like the Babadook falling on the ceiling isn't a symbol of depression. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I think it's sort of like oil and water, the two things. They just don't. And it it could have been done more cleverly to make it more apparent what it was. And I think it was the the reason that they have those weird bits where it swoops into her body, like, is to show, like, it's doing something to her, but which is her depression or whatever. But if it didn't have that... I don't know, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't it's really make sense. It doesn't really yeah. make sense. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I just said to think it is just essentially a film about depression and there's also this thing. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, I don't feel like it, they connect very well, essentially. Yeah, can I um, share with you... Um, Please. Some other undiagnosed uh, issues that she might have. Sure, I'd love to hear these. Um, so one of them is just very, very lightly, but um, <clears throat> uh, there's an element of her treatment with um, treatment of Samuel that begins to border on Munchausen, Munchausen yes, proxy, yeah. where she is giving him tablets that make him drowsy um, under the guise of it making him feel better, when actually he... He's probably just got like um, 
uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, like the hyperactive. Yeah, just being hyperactive. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's acting out because he's probably into a bit of therapy because he's being raised by a woman who every year goes through yeah, this yeah. Uh, monstrous transformation. <laughs> um, she also starts to isolate him and cut him off, like literally cutting the phone and not letting him leave the house yeah. or go to school. Um, yeah, but the other thing, which is, again, I'd like you to wear this a little lightly, which is... Um, oh, but it's like a summer like, jacket. Like, yeah, it's just like a, <laughs> like a light pashmina. Um, uh, so, you know, she keeps going for a, her jaw. Yeah. I want to just run past you that she might actually be suffering from tetanus. Tetanus? Tetanus. Um, so, tetanus is uh, kind of spurred on by, like, uh, an infected wound or something. Yes. Um including dental problems. Dental um, and problems. And it, 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 it's often called lockjaw because it it's kind of makes your muscles spasm and stuff. Right, right. Um, and she does eventually remove a rotten tooth at the end. Yes. So I think before the film started, she had some bad dental work that went oh. wrong. And she's actually suffering from tetanus, as well as the Babadook being there. Because uh, she seems to have lockjaw, she's sweating, and these are some of the symptoms. Uh, she has painful muscle spasms, hmm. uh, she has a high temperature, a rapid heartbeat, Irritability, um, restlessness. This is all classic tetanus, if you ask me. Oh my goodness. And also, which we didn't see uh, depicted, but uh, it, there's also the loss of stool control. <gasps> um, <laughs> oh, goodness. So, because they don't bother to make any explanation of why her jaw is aching or the, the fact that she pulls out a rotten tooth all of a sudden, I, I'm going to say that it is canon that she is suffering with tetanus. 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 Okay. Um, thankfully, it's not contagious. Thank you um, for your diagnosis, doctor. <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> um, Yes, great. Um, what, Shall um, we do the awards? Awards. Also, again, unscripted <laughs> freestyle. Freestyle, and you'll be able to find that on our upcoming album. <laughs> that, now, that's what I call the awards. Awards, awards. theme <laughs> <laughs> <One>. <laughs> uh, Who do you think was the best character? Um, I think it was um, Mum's grey vibrator. Um, I think it was the two little cherubs that were floating on the TV screen when she was watching TV. That's nice. Thank you. Uh, Spoopiest moment? Um, I mean, it's not very scary. Actually. Um, At a stretch, maybe the book at the beginning when they're first reading it. Um, yeah, it never manages to get as scary as the book no. looks. I did think there was one scary bit actually that I didn't, I couldn't remember from the first bit because I blocked off the film out. But um, <laughs> the bit where she, when she's mad at the end and she goes all Mrs. Trunchbull and starts like kicking through uh, the door, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that bit's quite cool. Yeah, it reminded me a bit of Hereditary, that bit where she goes all. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, well, not good. Not as good, <laughs> of course. 
Uh, funniest moment? Uh, I like it when she tells him to eat shit. <laughs> 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 you just, that did get a good reaction from you. <laughs> um, I thought there were two funny lines. Uh, the one where she's doing the bingo and she's just like, a few days more and maybe someone will call bingo. Um, and also at the end when the uh, like social services were there and she's just like... She's talking about his Samuel's talking about his birthday. It's just like uh, Ruby's not coming because I uh, pushed her out of the treehouse and she got nosebleed and a broken rib. <laughs> <laughs> I like that bit. That's good. So best death and worst death uh, combined, combined the same one. Uh, which is, I guess you could include the dad if you really wanted to, but it's, we don't see his dad. Yeah, um, um, I mean he's just a device, isn't he? Is everything's um, a device in yeah, this there's, film? There's no character, <laughs> uh, only device. <laughs> Uh, the dog. The dog. Yeah. I was sad about the dog. I was. Because the dog was the only <laughs> So white, so pure. Uh, queerest moment? No. No, I, I've said none. This was a profoundly heterosexual film. Yes. With nearly a queer moment to be found. And sexiest character? I mean, like, the guy who was nice to her was not, kind of okay looking, but he was the only he person... sexy, was he? It was just because he was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Gave her a present. I said non. Non. <laughs> Non-sexy. <laughs> uh, so before we award the pumpkins... Oh, God, yeah. What, 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 what are your final... What's your review? Um, I, well, I think it's been quite clear, really. Um... <laughs> I think maybe you should go first, and I'll probably pick up any scraps that are left. Okay, so I have a few more things I'd like to say. <laughs> it's like preparing a statement, of course. <laughs> um, so I'll start from the top of my list here. Um, I think the uh, I think the symbolism and the metaphors are all really, really laboured and obvious and on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's no like. I think people think of this as being a really understated and beautiful film. I don't see any of that. I think it's sh- shit. <laughs> but I also think that, like, it's it's really obvious. Yeah, really overstated um, and on the yeah. nose, essentially. Um, like, everything in the house is grey. It's just like, oh, yes, yes, this is like... 101 M. Uh, Night yeah. Shadow. It. Like, um, except nowhere near as good. <laughs> um, the, every character is awful. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not invested in any of the characters in the film. The, the Babadook is not scary, it's not interesting, um, it, it never lives up to the the promise of how it looks in the book, Yeah. Um, which of course it couldn't because it would look absurd, yeah. they, they've kind of built themselves into a corner that they can't get out of yeah, with, yeah. with making the, the book look so good. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly like her performance, I think I don't buy her as someone who's gradually descending into madness I think she's already there I, I like how in um, all horror things it's like a woman's descending into madness the, the reason you can tell is because her hair <laughs> <laughs> mad hair <laughs> oh no mummy's got mad hair <laughs> um, I feel like it and I think I mentioned this in the orphanage episode as well where obviously the orphanage is my favourite film mm. but this tries to do some of what the orphanage does so much better I think that could be said for many, many, many films and also really obvious films as well. Not even like kind of niche, unusual films, like very obvious films that do what this is doing 10 times better in every way. If you want a beautiful portrayal of a grieving mother, watch The Orphanage. If you 
want a grieving mother who's coming away at the seams and is absolutely destroyed watch hereditary mm. if you want a monster destroying a family watch a monster calls or watch insidious if you want a widow's madness uh, and the way that she takes out on her children watch the others like there are so many better things better films that pick up on strands of what this film is about and this is just a really inelegant and clunky and humorless and artless and <laughs> ugly version of all of those um, the scares can never live up to the aesthetic of the book. How the fuck did she know that the thing ate worms at the end? Like, just everything about it, I fucking hate it. I think it's awful. Um, and I think it leaves you... It, it's not like... that. It, there's nothing hopeful about it, and I think. If you're going to do a really, really, like, kind of gruesome and, like, upsetting metaphor of depression, it's irresponsible not to offer some sort of, like, hope. Mm. And I think, and like maybe that's me being a bit naive and like this is like a realistic portrait, but I don't think it is. Like, I, I think, um, yeah, God, I just hate it, Alex. You're exhausted yourself. I have. Your <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, and, and the thing is though, normally with horror, like with very popular horror films that I don't really get, or, or that I'm not, that I don't love, I can normally understand why other people do and appreciate them. I cannot appreciate this. No. Um, I, I, I don't get it. I, I I feel like I'm missing out on a private joke. Or yeah. that joke I hate it is pretending to like it. Yeah. And I think it would be hard to speculate without insulting the fans of this film. So, um, <laughs> I, I, which is what I was just going through in my mind. But, um, I, um, yeah, I, I don't get it either. Um, like you said, there's like a million other better films. And I think... Uh, the, the 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 mildest uh, hot take I will say about this is that you have to do like it if you like this you're lacking a certain level of taste. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we might just yeah. ones and twos. <laughs> yeah, but but the thing and I think that the most annoying thing and I think we both felt this the first time we saw it was like we wanted this to be good because on yeah. paper I think for the for the genre of film that I'm into especially. This is, on paper, has everything I'm into. Like, um, yeah. a strong woman lead, a, a, a ostensibly a haunted house, a fractured kind of family relationship, a kind of slow burn, kind of like... But it just doesn't deliver on anything. And it could have been equally as kind of flat, but if it was just a bit campier and sillier, then I would have enjoyed it. Yeah. It, it, it I think it thinks it's cleverer than it is. And it yeah, takes itself too seriously. That's true. I think probably, yeah, it tried to, it wasn't sure whether it was trying to be subtle or over the top. I think that's the problem. It's just like, and so it kind of misses the mark on both. Mm. Um, because it should have been like all out like, ah! or like you just see a hand or yeah, yeah. just like a little bit. Or something. you don't yeah. see anything. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. She, but you believe that she does. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, and then that, there makes it a different kind of film yeah. and also kind of uh, leaves you thinking more along the lines of like, oh, is she going mad? Because again, yeah, yeah. if you wanted to watch a film where, you, where it wasn't clear if a woman was seeing something or she was going mad, you'd watch The Innocents because there's a better yeah. version of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
The book looks. The book looks. The book. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Mm, I like. I didn't like. I, it was. It was. It wasn't unwatchable. Um, <laughs> that's a lovely compliment. Um, so I, I have seen some unwatchable horror films, and it's not unwatchable. So I think probably like a one and a half. Just based on plucking figures out of the air. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, maybe one and a half is fair because the grandma was nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a lovely book and a grandma. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done to the grandma. I'm sorry. I, I also feel bad sad. because it's like, it's a film about a woman written and directed by a woman. Yeah. And it's like, I would love to be able to say that it's a better film, but I just can't, I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't, yeah, you don't have to like everything by women. No, that's true. I, I didn't like uh, Section 28 by Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I was going to say something about Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> Great minds. <laughs> it's time for the spooky bit. So I thought I'd end our spiciest episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, with a story uh, from Australia. Okay. Uh, as is where the Babadook is set. It is, yes. Um, so uh, let me take you on a journey. I'd love that. Uh, to the south of Cairns in far north Queensland, um, where the water flows from Mount Bartlefrere down to the Great Barrier Reef Coast. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. I do paint a picture. <laughs> and midway, you reach a waterhole called, and this sounds like a drag name, Babinda Boulders. <laughs> Check out the boulders on Babinda. Um, that's probably quite disrespectful because it is a uh, sacred... Uh, Babadook Boulders. Um, so a writer in... The, just to paint a further picture. I love that. A writer in the Cairns Post uh, in August 1940 wrote of the beauty spot thusly. <laughs> the junction of three streams <laughs> afford a particularly fine sight where these tumble down out of a boulder and through chinks and crevices into a moderate-sized pool. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, you, out of which a most unusual course is taken. Oh. Over a much water-worn granite bed, the stream suddenly surges between giant boulders <laughs> to disappear into a foaming torrent some 50 feet or so below, the whole process of which can be observed by standing on the rocky platform above and peering through the chinks between the rocks. Yeah, that's lovely. What <laughs> a you. lovely accent. So, so now you've heard it in uh, in its native tongue. <laughs> um, so this idyllic spot mm. is, uh, is sacred ground to the local Aboriginal communities, um, but it's now better known, even better than Babinda Boulders, uh, by its nickname, Devil's Pool. Oh! Uh, the legend that haunts Devil, Devil's Pool uh, is passed through storytelling from the Yidinji or Yidini people. 
Um, so the story follows the fate of a Yidinji tribe member called Ulana. Uh, she was chosen to marry an important tribal elder mm-hmm. who was called Warunu. Um, shortly after they were married, though, uh, Ulana uh, fell in love with a man called Daiga, who was from another tribe. Daiga is a hot name. It is a hot name. Yeah. I kind of fancy Daiga. <laughs> um, their love uh, is forbidden. <laughs> Uh, well, because he's from a different tribe, and also she's married. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so the pair run away together. Um, when the members of both tribes discover that they have run away together, um, they all begin searching for them, and eventually they track them down to Babinda Boulders. Um, they're captured, and as uh, is being dragged away, Ulana, who realises that their love will always be forbidden, uh, she breaks free and throws herself <gasps> down into the water hole no. and dies. Um, splish. splish. Uh, legend has it that the spirit of Ulana continues to roam Devil's Pool in search of her lover. Um, she fucking everyone as she goes. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so, since 1959, 17 or 18 people, all but one of them young men, have died in the icy waters of the Binder Boulders. Um, although I would argue that uh, approximately one death every 3.5 years at a popular treacherous tourist trip uh, probably isn't that noteworthy. <laughs> noteworthy for me, thank um, you. Uh, it's believed that most of these men were lured to Ooh. their death by Ulana's lovelorn ghoul. Oh, <laughs> check out my lovelorn ghoul. <laughs> Is that a lovelorn ghoul or are you just happy to see me? Um, uh, so one account describes a young couple who were standing together on the rock platform admiring the beautiful view when uh, the waters rose with no warning, sweeping the pair into the water. The woman survived, the man did not and could not be found. Although I do think that could also just be a convenient way to get rid of your lover. <laughs> um, it was a ghost. It was a l- Ulana. Uh, Ulana Gould. <laughs> Ulana's love on Gould. <laughs> um, the last recorded death. So interestingly, as I was, I was uh, reading this, according to the Wikipedia page, it said that the last recorded, recorded death was a man in 2009. However, <gasps> just two days ago, no. um, another body of a 37-year-old Brisbane man uh, called Shannon Hoffman was found just 200 metres upstream from the Devil's Pool. Um, so that brings the, the total up to 18 or 19. Wow. Um, the uh, There's a particularly dangerous part of the pool, which is deceptively calm looking, uh, and it's called, it's locally known as the washing machine. Um, <laughs> of course. And uh, an emergency services member who assisted with a 2008 search for a body said, it's all bubbles, <laughs> so there's no buoyancy. It's dangerous. What a... <laughs> I lost my thread. What it? It, it, it sucks you down. Um, down no, under. Down <laughs> under. <laughs> um, so uh, there was a... Although this... So although the stories... Uh, although the, the figure is from 1959, uh, there... The stories predate that. Um, one, uh, the saddest stories, is of a victim called John Dominic English, and he was only eight years old. <gasps> he couldn't swim, and he was sat on a rock with his legs dangling over, and his family looked around, and he was gone, right. and he was in the water, yeah. and his brother got his body out, but he was, it was too late. Um, as he was eight years old, it's unlikely that Ulana was trying, trying to yeah. seduce him. One can hope. You would hope, yes. Um, 
the apparently if you get close to the water you can hear Ulana's desperate uh, cries um, and many people have claimed to see her face in the water um, including uh, th- there's a photograph capturing this uh, it was like a magic eye I squinted until my contact lenses fell out and I couldn't see a face but apparently it's there um, so there's a plaque uh, by uh, Bablino Boulders um, <laughs> c- commemorating the dead which says um, it's, I think it's quite funny and also a bit shady he came for a visit and stayed forever oh. <laughs> um, so a young man uh, was once seen kicking the sign and as he did so, he slipped and fell in the pool and drowned. What? Um, the local Aboriginals believe that if you disrespect the sacred site, the sacred site will disrespect Respect you. <gasps> so that's Bablina Brooks oh, wow. and Ulana's Lovelorn Ghoul. Wow, Lovelorn indeed. Yeah. Have you ever been a Lovelorn Ghoul, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting though, because I wonder if all cultures have stories like this, because it's a bit like the sirens, isn't it? And like mermaids and all that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah. Just classic lovelorn ghouling. Ghoulingness. (laughs) Yeah, there's like, um, I wish I could remember the name. I I heard a podcast about this. um, There's like a lake in America that's like a popular destination for like tourists, but like the deaths are like out of this world, like higher than most others. And it's like said that it's haunted, but. Same with most of these things. It's like you do wonder whether it's just incidental. It's like one of the lakes in America has to have the highest death rate. Yeah. Well, that's why I was thinking when I was reading this. Like, uh, in over 60 years, if it is like a busy beauty spot where tourists are gathering, then like. That's that's me. I'm a busy beauty spot. (laughs) Tourists gather. I'm. Um, the um, step inside my devil's pool. Um, uh, but uh, like 18 deaths in 60 years at a very busy tourist yeah. site probably isn't that, especially because it's a dangerous site. But also the fact that they're mostly young men, who who is most likely to take silly risks and show off and like mm. be too arrogant to follow rules and stuff? It's going to be young men. So, yeah, <laughs> so I, don't, I don't think it's that long. But that's not to say that that this, this isn't true legend should be taken lightly yes. nor should we uh, laugh ever laugh. because if we disrespect the sacred oh site God. the sacred site will disrespect us <laughs> if you're enjoying bloody marys please subscribe leave a review and share with your friends <laughs>